You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. Hey, everybody, Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough Live on Facebook Live. Man, I just realized I'm starting to sound like one of those announcery guys, and that's not my style. So I'm going to go back to conversation here. Um, I've got two longtime good friends and two uh, pro wrestling superstars. They're they're waiting in the uh, the green room, we call it, here in technology land. And yeah, everyone knows who's on today. It's, um, it's Gabe Tuft, who people know. Well, people know as Gabe Tuft from Body Spartan, of course. But they also know him as Tyler Rex. He'll be with us in a couple of minutes. As well, another longtime good friend, the masterpiece, Chris Masters. I'm really psyched to have these guys on uh, together today. I always have to talk about my dogs before I start for a whole bunch of reasons. And you guys know that. Um, for those who, uh, who follow the Talking Tough show or any of my social platforms, all like three or four of you out there, uh, you guys know that uh, I'm in mourning still over the passing of my dog, Ramon. But we're all doing well up here in the wilds of Maui. A uh, couple of reasons I mention them is they suddenly will start barking right in the middle of a podcast. So if you hear a big explosion of barking, I apologize in advance. Nothing I can do about that. Um, you know, we're in Hawaii. Everybody's late. And on island time, we call it. The gardener was supposed to be here at 1 o'clock today. It's 3 o'clock here now. And uh, it means uh, he'll probably show up right in the middle of the podcast. So we're, we're guaranteed some noise. Also, chance for me to plug two things, www.bullydogrescue.com. That is our nonprofit for pit bull rescue. We are supporting and raising money for four amazing women who dedicate their lives to saving these breeds. So check us out, please, www.bullydogrescue.com. And for trivial purposes, one of the ladies is my longtime good friend and partner in California, Linda Blair, who played uh, the possessed girl, Reagan, in The Exorcist. She's now full-time in Pitbull Rescue. Lastly, as my esteemed producer, John Pozorowski of Two Man Power Trip knows, John is on the line with us as well. John, are you there? Are you listening? I am here, yes. Hey, hey man. How you doing today, John? Everything good in New York? Yes, Where yes. Everything is good. Good. Excellent. Yep. So John knows we have our first sponsor. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, we have an amazing sponsor who makes CBD for dogs. And I've got my three babies, Gogo and Eos and Dennis on it now religiously because after um, what happened with Ramon, I'm going to do everything I can humanly possible to make sure that my dogs are taken care of for the rest of their lives. So I was really, really happy to, um, you know, to have a sponsor, first of all, any sponsor, but especially this. They're called Botanic Balance. And you can see them at botanicbalance.com. All right, John, um, I'm officially turned into a podcast pimp. I don't mean that like I'm a pimp. I mean, I'm pimping product, which uh, I didn't think we would do, but we have to do that. It's done. So now we get to get on to the good stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, without further delay, without having listened to just me go on and on, just about nothing, my long time good friends, the masterpiece. Chris Masters and Gabe Tuff, Tyler Ritz. Hey guys. What's up, man? What's up? Wow. I'm amazed when this technology works. Gabe, I know that you're like a techno master, so this has got to be like 
kind of beginning level stuff for you, huh? I don't know, dude. This is pretty high tech. I usually have like one person on at a time. So, you know, we're doing a, a three-way dance tonight. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it's above my pay grade for sure. Oh, well, you're you're being unduly humble. I know that. But because I, I, I've been to your house. I've been to your house. You put oh, me yeah. up in your house when I was homeless. Me and my three pit bulls. I've been to your house. And uh, I, I know how high tech you are. So you're being humble. How about you, yeah, Chris? Are, are you up on tech, Chris? Uh, I love technology, but I know literally nothing about it. I mean, I know just enough to operate my social media, open my emails, but I mean, I have to have my uh, girlfriend help me out with half. Yeah, I, I thought you'd be, I mean, you're so, you're, right in the you're, you guys there? Oh yeah, there you are. We lost you. Yes. We got you. I lost everybody. No, we can. Uh, come on, peace. <laughs> Chris, are you there? <laughs> You're back. I'm up on social. I'm, I'm up on uh, technology, but uh, I'm out. <laughs> Chris, we we, get, we see you. Yes, you're back. Hello, you're back. Yes, we got you. You can hear me. Yeah, we yes, got you. we can. And we and we I'm can call back. You. All right, please yeah, do. We got you, but do it quickly, okay, Gabe? Um, <laughs> you and me, you bud. Know, this happens at the. Oh, there you are. There you are. Perfect. There you go. I, I, Can you Chris, hear me? Yes, and I was about to about to put you over. That's now that ship has sailed now. Um, and I was going to say, like, I, I assume that you'd be great at social because you're so young. You're, you're still like 17 and a half, aren't you? Because you'll always be like 17. Oh, yeah. and a half. All right, cool. I know. I could I could see that too because we met right around that time too. And uh, yeah, like I feel like I've been 19 for 30 years. Yeah, he's the man that doesn't age, dude. Hey, Chris, you got you, you don't look a day over 71, man. You are look you're looking good, man. I think you're good. I think you're doing great. No, you look good. You guys both look good. Better than me, that's for sure. But that's not saying much. Um so yeah, so Gabe, you mentioned three-way dance, and that's kind of like um, you know, for lack of a better word, a new a new gimmick that I'm doing. You know, I started this talking tough podcast a couple months ago. It's going really well. We've had some crazy out there guests on this, like child soldiers from the Sudan and, you know, Holocaust survivors and, you know, but it kept keeps coming back to pro wrestling. How can it not? Right. And we kind of like stumbled across a, a three person deal testing the StreamYard thing out. We're like, wow, let's just do this as a theme. So you guys are the second ever edition of uh, three way dance. And I, I really appreciate you guys being on and because we mentioned pro wrestling and because you guys are so know, so well known in that field, we're going to have to talk some pro wrestling. I'd really rather get into personal stuff, and I think you guys would be open to that. But sure. we're going to talk some some pro wrestling. So I, I got a question for you both right off of the bat. If WWE, whoever it might be, Canyon Seaman, Mark Carano, Hunter, called you tomorrow with an offer, would you go back? Nah. No way, dude. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's, that's yeah, hard pass. Yeah. Chris? Um, I would have probably, you know, I would have probably said the same thing, but after living the last two months during this pandemic and not working, uh, I might be desperate enough to go back. So, uh, I, you know, I always, I always kind of say uh, never say never when it comes to that. Like, I'm definitely, it's not a goal of mine. I'm not looking to come back. But when you lay it out like that, if I'm going to get a phone call from them and they pursue it, that's a, kind of another story. Well, you, you know what the formula then for getting your job back would be, right? On this podcast today, 
bury them as much as humanly possible. I mean, <laughs> just fuck them over, and that's definitely be your best chance. Um, man, it, it's amazing. Yep. It's, it's like I, I got to tell you guys, I have a couple deals working with WWE, and because of that, it's like I want to watch how. I mean, for the most part, I do like them. I, you know, I've had good and bad with them, plenty of bad, but mostly good. But I always want to take care of you know them on on this show. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter, does it? No. What are, like you? Yeah. Don't get me started. <laughs> I mean, are you no. wanting to get started? No, you go ahead, please. I've been talking too much. Take over. As, as much as I, you know, I always want to preface stuff like this with I, I learned a lot. Like I'm not. <clears throat> I don't regret the experience. I learned a lot and I, I'm, I'm who I am today because of that experience. But when, when you look at the logistics of how the company runs, I mean, it's a major corporation. Like peace, you, you and me watch this whole thing go down where like people are like cattle, man. They just, they churn through you. It's a business, you're a product. And you know, when the product's time is, you know, when you go cold, it's like next, 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 next. So it's just how it is, man. It's big business. And if you're, and if you're hot, if you're not with a company, but you're hot. It doesn't really matter what you say about them, does it? You'll always no. have a job back. Right. Exactly. I, Chris, would you agree with that? It's so quiet. Yeah, you, you know, I, in I, and out, I, man. I, I think there's no such thing as burning bridges and uh, bridges in pro wrestling. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there might be a few, but I mean, Rick, as you knew the Ultimate Warrior, I mean, I think you practically broke him in as well, or had some kind of hand in that, and. You would have thought the ultimate warrior burned the bridges many a times. But, you know, what it just comes down to, just like Gabe said, is it's a big corporation and Vince is always looking to do uh, what's good for business, regardless of what his personal feelings are for anybody. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, you know can't what? be mad, man. It's like he's he's making he's making a living. He's building his company and, you know, being a business owner myself, I get it. Dude. Like, I think the hardest part of being a business owner in the beginning is is learning that you have to you know hire and fire people that you that you know and that you become friends with and i think over the years you know vince has obviously learned to distance himself from the people that he hires and that's why it becomes a product and you know there's no emotional attachment and that is just business and you can't be mad at him for it like i said no no i i i agree and you know that something you're both saying makes me think of the following so you both mentioned this is a big company right you both said that and then, and then you both talk about Vince. It, it never ceases to blow me away that there's a big publicly traded company that with all due respect, and I do mean it sincerely to Triple H and, and the rest of the people running, running the company, we always talk about Vince, like it's one guy doing, doing everything. Well, why do you think people are so endlessly fascinated with Vince McMahon? Dave? Why do you what think? Do you think? I'm sorry, but up. Why, why do we think they're fascinated with Vince? Yeah, it's a big company, but it's always we always you did it, Chris did it, I do it. We always talk about Vince, Vince, Vince. Why are why the fascination with the seven year old man? I mean, what what other? Uh, am I breaking up? Am I still am I still good, guys? You're still all right. You're still all right. Okay. I don't know. I it's, got a, a little coming through. it's a little scratchy. <clears throat> Let me see here. Um, so my my opinion is like you look at CEOs, like what other CEOs you know, make themselves part of the show. What other CEOs are a, a character in in their business? Like when you talk about Tesla, I mean, what's the first thing that comes to mind? 
Elon Musk, oh, right? Elon Musk, of course, right. But <laughs> Masterpiece like, is thinking about the, the Christian rock band, but go ahead. <laughs> of course you are. Uh, I was going to say, I was just going to say, you know, when it comes to Vince, what it really comes down to is the buck stops with Vince on every decision. Every decision is filtered through Vince. So it's natural that Vince always comes to mind because it, it, whether it's hiring somebody, whether it's an angle, a storyline, or it's usually always got to go through Vince or be filtered through him. So that's why Vince is always brought up. He's the mastermind. He's the god of professional wrestling, essentially. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I else? Mean, I think? Go on, Gabe. Sorry. Talk about producers backstage and like, you know, you, you recognize that no matter what they say or do, you know, what no matter what they pitch, you know, masters. You and I went through this a lot too. Like, we would have stuff that we would pitch, and they they put it in the production meeting, or things would be scheduled. And you know, we always heard that there was this big production meeting, and the writers would write whatever they wanted to do, but none of it mattered. They go in there, and Vince would literally rewrite the show, you know, in the production meeting every week because that's what he wanted. So. You know, he can say one thing the week before and it didn't matter. Only only thing that matters is what he says that week. And that's just yep. it's like like Master said, it's like literally the buck stops with him. So it doesn't matter what you think when anybody below him thinks, like you have no say whatsoever. It's his decision and his he's literally God. Like you you nailed it, dude. Like he's literally God in that world. Yep. And and you know, I think another part of it, and I didn't didn't even occur to me right till right now. You know, people often would ask me, you know, what what do you look for in a talent? And then you talk about that that like undefinable it factor which so few people born on the planet ever have you know vince actually might have that himself and i, and I think i think that's part of what makes the guy so compelling uh so now that we've all put him over uh but we've also established none of neither of you guys are dying to run back to wwe uh, you guys mind sharing a, a bizarre or out there or entertaining vince story <laughs> I don't know, Beast. What do you got, dude? You know what I just thought about? It wasn't necessarily a Vince story. I mean, although, I mean, the best times I saw Vince were when we headed over to the tribute on the tribute to the troop shows. Because Vince would go absolutely insane on those plane rides. He would start drinking and he would start instigating fights on the plane. And then I even remember, I even remember when we stopped in Germany, uh, they were, everybody was drunk and singing karaoke and we were waiting for our jet to refuel and the uh, the sergeant or I don't know what his position was but he comes in telling us we're ready to leave the jets field let's go we got to go we're on a schedule and Vince is just not having it he starts cursing and talking about how he'll fly his personal jet over there and uh it was always just really wild man it was always really wild I mean he instigated he's trying to get CM Punk to drink uh on one of the flights he got a uh, CM Punk also to have shoot wrestling matches on the plane with Shelton Benjamin and then even Carlito. So uh, those were just the wildest wildest times I've ever seen Vince was those plane rides. That's it. That's awesome. Who who would win in a fight, Vince McMahon or CM Punk? Oh, come on. I'm being yeah. stupid now. All right, I'm kidding around. I'm goofing around. Uh, but so you guys both came into this business in like incredibly different manners. And, you know, Chris, I, I remember you showing up to my school one day and I'm like, who's the young fat kid? I'm sorry, man. I had to say it, you know, and I yeah. uh, I don't know if you know this. Do you know what Chris looked like before he looked like the masterpiece? Are you familiar with this? No, Chris was a big fat kid. Am I, am I, 
Am I misspeaking, Chris? I want to know, man. No, no, but I have to just add to that. Like, okay, so yeah, when I went to see Rick, I was about 16 years old, mm -hmm. and I was a really skinny kid growing up, no joke. So I just started eating, like somebody told me the key to getting big is you got to eat a lot. And I really took that to heart and I started eating like crazy and I was working out. And eventually I, I got to 300 pounds and that was right around the time Rick saw me. And uh, yeah, I was just completely out of shape, but I was trying to, you know, like bulk up. I was taking in a ton of calories. So, uh, but it got out of control. By the time I got to Rick, I had a tire around my waist and uh, my face was out to here. It was terrible. What is and, that scratching noise? Yeah, we got we have a weird scratch. John, our amazing producers on the line. John, what is that scratching noise? Do we have any idea? I have no idea, Rick. Maybe you're chewing on some celery or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, man. I'm, oh, now you're gonna help them get revenge on me. No, there's nothing going on on my end here, and I'm on my headphones. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna have to. Uh, have to just kind of like reload the page real quick and log back in. I wonder if it's one of our connections. And it just went away, almost. In fact, uh, John, what do you think? Do we do we stay with it, John? What do you suggest? You're the man. You're the man here. Uh, I it seemed like it went away for a second, then it just came back. Now, um, okay, man, you're 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 calling this spot on the fly. What are we gonna do? I think it's okay. Uh, it yeah, seems like can, it's we, going away. We can power through it. It's just Let's go. Uh, it's Let's, a bit distracting. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, it, it is attractive, but let's let's power through. So, so Chris, another thing I remember about when you started, you know, you, you came in like we had hundreds of people, if not thousands, coming through our school at that point, or a thousand eventually. I don't want to get into pro wrestling exaggeration. We had hundreds of people, and you were a young kid that was willing to pay the tuition, who didn't like didn't look like he was going to kill himself or kill anybody else. So I'm like, sure, why not? And then you disappeared. And you came back, however long, however many months later, and I'm like, holy fuck, what happened to this guy? Holy shit. You walked through the door looking like the masterpiece. And and I remember, Chris, you always had a really good attitude. Um, you were you were green as the hills are, you know, the hills are taller or longer, whatever they are. Um, you always had a good attitude. You you really, really wanted to be in the business, though. Is that right, from day one? Uh, oh yeah, I always, I, what was your question? I wanted to be a wrestler? You wanted to be a pro wrestler, oh, from day one. Oh yeah, yeah. I loved it since I was like this tall, man. I was like, since I was probably eight years old, I was obsessed with it. And uh, yeah, it was my dream. And uh, it was, uh, I think I, you know, before I met you, I was actually backyard wrestling. My mom reminded me of this. And she was so adamant about getting me out of, because she saw a video of what we were doing, and we were taking bad spills at the park on the hard, like, uh, grass floor, and it was oh, freaking her out when she saw it. So, she, like, I, I don't know how we found out about you, but as soon as we did, she was like, oh, I'm going to enroll you in wrestling school if you're going to be doing that, because you're going to kill yourself. But, and, yeah, and it was my dream. It was my dream. I mean, it was all I ever wanted to do. I mean, and it's still kind of the only thing I enjoy doing, which is crazy at this point, but... uh uh so yeah all of that man was like really cool like uh all those memories of when i entered upw were really cool memories yeah it was there were good times gabe i'm sorry that upw was in the state it was in when when you joined us we weren't doing the shows and and whatnot i would have loved to have you around like during the height of upw you would have been an awesome part of that mix with your, your attitude and your personality you came in later 
And you're you're the opposite of Chris, right? You didn't really never really thought about pro wrestling, did you? And I'm so sorry, man. That that scratching was so loud, I couldn't hear you at all. Did you try that again? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, how about how are we doing now? It's still pretty bad, man. It's pretty bad. I just lost a few seconds. I am wondering if we should do what Chris suggested. And uh, John, how much have you looked in and we have to disconnect us and start all over again? We could easily do that. Yeah, that's not that's a problem. Should we just have Chris and, and Gabe log off and log back on, or should we regenerate the entire setup? You no, know, we can we can remove them and they can come back in. You guys want to do that? Try that real quickly. And then uh, we'll log back in. All right. Well, John, that is it is really um, it is really distracting for sure. And we have well, we, uh, we know it's not you, Rick. I mean, it's you sound perfect, so we know it's not you with the scratching. Good, good. We have a lot of people watching too, so we want to make sure that uh, Pete Doyle is watching. Our old head writer, the evil Pete Doyle. Hey, Pete. Pete and I had a match against each other, John, on our fifth anniversary show, and we were both like such not workers that we basically just beat the shit out of each other. And uh, I'll pee. absolutely one of my favorite memories in pro wrestling was whacking over the head with a metal clipboard. So I'm glad you're watching today. Hey, Pete. Oh, um, of course. Yeah, it is not yeah, good. <laughs> now, we, we did eliminate me and John because when you guys were gone, our we were crystal clear. Um, oh, my gosh. What is going on? I don't Dave, know. can you hear me? All right, I'm going to make this suggestion. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Let me make this suggestion, Gabe. We might have to reschedule. Yeah, hold, on, hold on. Gabe, could you try to log back on from yeah. a different device? Rick, we can't hear you. Yeah. Gabe, I can't Gabe, hear Rick. Let me bail. I'll be right back. Yeah, he's going to log on from a different device. <laughs> Thank you. Chris? Uh-oh. Hmm. All right. Guys, man, this is a good one we have set up, and I'm sorry it's not working. Please hang with us. Gabe is coming back. Chris is coming back. And who do we have and who don't we have? I'm here. Okay, perfect. Nice and clear. How are, how are we doing from your side, Chris? Sounds fine right now. I don't, uh, still some scratching. What is that? It sounds better, but there's still some scratching. There's a little bit. Okay, we're going to see what happens when Gabe comes on. Um, we've got a, again, we have a good group on. Uh, uh, Jonathan Meisner's on. He's probably going to hate me for announcing him. Jonathan is uh, Dave Batista's partner and manager and executive producer. Hey, Jonathan, hope you're doing well. Uh, it's always fun to, to recognize who's on with us. Uh, here's Gabe. Hopefully we got him back. And now we'll know where it's coming from. I said it's Gabe. Coming from Gabe. Uh, I think it has Rick, been. Yes, Kit Rick, did you know that did you did you know that Gabe and me traveled together for quite some time on the road? No, you know what's funny, Chris? I have to admit that John, our producer, um, smartened me up to that just yesterday because I don't follow the product that, that closely. And I did not even know that you and Gabe knew each other until I saw that you guys have had like 2,000 yeah. matches together. I had no idea. Oh, yeah. Hey, Gabe. Did you know that Gabe traveled together for quite some time on the road? 
You know, you know what's funny, Chris? I have to admit that John, our producer, <laughs> it's Gabe. <laughs> Gabe, Gabe, it's you, man. You're you're the you are the hero here, Gabe. Absolutely. Um, well, now okay. How's that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Got it. Okay, we're cool. All right. <laughs> Jesus. You, you sound a little Darth Vaderish, but we'll take oh, it. Come on, really? No, no, we'll take it. We'll take it. Dude, okay. I've never had any of these problems, dude. You're a high tech. You're a high tech wizard. I know I, that, bro. I like. I do Facebook lives all the time. I live stream workouts. Like I've never had any of these issues, dude. Now, now, we're, now we're perfect. Now okay, we're good. Cool. All right. Um, yeah. So I know you guys traveled together. I didn't know that till recently. I was telling Chris, Gabe, until yesterday. I didn't think you guys knew each other. And really, I, I honest <laughs> God did not know that. My brain sometimes disconnects things that would appear to be logical. Dude, um, we, we rode together forever, dude. Like, yeah. Yeah. Right? I know that. Um, Wow, you guys like showering together and stuff like that? I mean, oh, we, yeah. we would oh, yeah. we would do the tan thing, dude. Like somebody's got to spray your backpack. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, that was oh, yeah. You would you would Rick, you would not believe the shower after Tyler Rex with tan uh, used a self tanner. It would be a disaster, bro. It'd be like, it like a it would be like a tanning. It'd be, yeah, it'd be like a tanning bomb. A tanning atomic bomb went off in the bathroom, dude, literally. <laughs> No white left on the shower. Nothing, dude. Oh, that shit was insane. <laughs> That's fantastic, man. Your, your credit card getting dinged for cleanup? Nah, not once, dude. I don't know how, like, the maids didn't freak out, but, like, not, never once did we get dinged. It was, uh, we were pretty lucky. Like, and, <laughs> Masters was always, like, lighting up. You were, like, smoking spice because, like, weed was banned. So he's, like, smoking spice in the rooms, in the cars. And I'm like, we're going to get nailed for this. Never once got nailed for it, ever, dude. Yeah. Not once, dude. Awesome. Okay, I've got a, uh, I've got I'm a incense. Yeah, dude, I don't know. Yeah, you had tricks, bro. You had like all sorts of tricks. <laughs> he's he started before you, Gabe. That's no, apparently. I mean, he's, he's the vet, man. Uh, I've got a pro wrestling question for you that I want to ask. Um, one one thing Chris knows about me for sure. I'm I'm a big battle royal mark. Chris, you know that because we used to do these big 22 man battle royals at UPW, kind of in honor of the LA. 22-man battle royal. And poor Chris, I think of poor Chris, would, would almost always be the guy that got put over in these battle royals. And and I say that because you got to be in there till the end, and we know it's really not a lot of fun. But um, here I, I do know now, because I watched some video last night, that you guys were like in these monster giant battle royals. What's it like when you've like, because both neither one of you guys did the long, you know, road on the indies to the big show. You both kind of went right in. So can you describe what it's like, like starting at the beginning and then one day you look around and you're in there with like 20 WWE superstars at the same time? Is that an interesting experience or just another day at the office? I mean, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting, dude. Like I went from, you know, FCW where we just had a bunch of, you know, everybody's <laughs> just goofing around to, oh, hey, look, dude, I'm in the ring with, there's Kane and there's Gold Dust and, you know, there's, there's all these other dudes. And I was like, okay, cool, there's Cody, you know, oh, hey, there's Peace as MVP. I was like, this is this is pretty cool. Chavo was in there with a bunch of them. Like, it got to be really fun. Like, the tours, bro, you remember the tours, the Euro tours we do? Like, <laughs> remember when you had your beanie stolen, dude? Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> Yeah. That was like that was in a battle royal. Yeah, they would everybody like pull out the bees like to to rib you. <laughs> like, he's still mad. Oh my God. He's still mad about it, dude. Well, I, I, Chris, can you um give some context to that story? I don't know this one. What happened? Oh, you know, MVP was mad because we were wrestling 
and I took his headband and I think I like I threw it off his head, but it went into the crowd. Was it his headband? Yeah, it was. His I think so. Was he was just super hot over it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, and he was real mad about it, and I tried to convince him that it wasn't on purpose, even though I, I don't. And Chris is gone. Oh, no. All right. We're, we're trying, oh, Rick. We really are. Oh, man. Folks out there listening, man, I'm so sorry about this. I don't Just stick with us. We're going to muddle our way through it. Are you back? Chris is, Chris is practicing pantomime now. Uh, Dude, Chris, whenever you get sound, just, just jump in, dude. But, yeah, so basically, like, he stayed hot. And uh, I, Chris had this beanie that he brought. And I think his, his, your girl giving it to you or something. It was like – it was he liked the beanie and like P stole it, dude. Like it was like trying to get back at him, but it became this big thing, dude. Like he was telling everybody like all this. They go, they everybody talks shit backstage, so P's just talking shit, talking shit. Peace is getting hot, dude. Like he's like, where's my beanie? I know you stole it. Like he's getting hotter and hotter and hotter, and we go through the whole tour, right? And like it's the point where like on the bus in between tour stops. Like, Peace is sitting by himself, dude, and he's not talking to nobody. Like, he's so mad, dude. Because, <laughs> of, the beanie, because of the beanie. All right. Over, well, it was like, it was a very uh, sentimental beanie, if I remember. I, right, buddy? I mean, like, that's, apparently so. Yeah, it was. he was super attached to it, and it was just, I mean, it was kind of a dick move, but, like, he, you know, not not P doing, or not uh, Master P stealing MVP's be, uh, headband, but, like, the beanie thing. I'm like, oh, that's kind of a dick move, but whatever. Yeah. Just yeah. a rib. But it's just, he was just getting hot, dude, and so, like, Everybody kept playing into that, and then the last, the last show, the last night, you know, we're just all into this feud, <laughs> and we got the battle royal, and we were all told, you know, Cody goes around, he's like, hey, hey, I'm gonna rib masterpiece tonight. I'm like, okay, well, what's the deal? He's like, you got a beanie? Like, well, bring it, and then stuff it in your trunks, and then when the battle royal starts, <laughs> we're all gonna put them on. But like, okay, let's do it, man. <laughs> so, we, you know, we all go out and, you know, the, the bell rings and Master's just like, all right, let's go, let's go. And nobody's moving. He's like, what the fuck's going on, dude? What's going on? And they all, everybody just slowly pulls beanies out of their pockets. And Peace, dude, he's just like, you assholes. <laughs> Starts dishing out clotheslines like left and right that were the stiffest thing I'd ever felt. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. I did not know. That's a good story. I did not know that one. I did not we know. Also, we also hogtied uh, – Swaggle on that tour as well. Oh yeah. God! Why would you pick on the midget? Of all I don't people? know. Dude, just why would you pick on the midget? Like me, me, Chavo and Drew ran out after his match. I don't remember who he had a match with, but me, Chavo and Drew ran out there. We drug him out of the ring and we literally hogtied him on the floor and left him there <laughs> for the rest of the show. <laughs> you know, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not happy about this, man. Yeah, well, I dude. do not like when people pick on midgets. I'm not cool with that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's cool. I love it. Good for Hornswoggle. Right. He's a nice guy. I don't. I don't know him. Um, man. All right. So, Gabe, the, the battle royal story with the beanie. I love that. They yeah. just told. I'm guessing that story's probably been told and been heard before. Probably. Uh, all right. Cool. I I haven't heard it. I love it. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Chris walked away. There's his nice backdrop from where he He's lives. Like yeah. I'm out, guys. <laughs> all right. Hopefully, there he is. Um, guys. So. You know, if, if all you have to do is search the, you know, the good old internet for the both of you, and you do get a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, you know, Gabe, the stuff about, you know, you and Cena and the Burning Hammer. And I don't want to spend, like, one iota of a second on John Cena on this on this call if we can avoid it. I don't think that would upset you too much. Um, no, no, that's fine. We can put right. 
whatever that. Oh, we can, or we can bury a Cena too. I don't really care. I, 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 I did the same thing yesterday on another podcast. I'm like, I don't really want to talk about it, but do you want me to? He's like, yeah. I'm like, all right, here we go. Dude, that happens in every interview I do. People always, I have to talk about Cena and the Ultimate Warrior, and I'm like, I don't want to do this, and then you get into it, right? But what I was going to say was, you know, people, people that are fans know about, you know, you and Cena, the Burning Hammer, Chris. They know about about you and the deal with Hunter and Sean and the, the joke that I thought was a horrible taste about your weight loss and all that. Um, guys, what, what's it like when – that's a two-part question. So we know those stories. I want to see if there's a story people don't know that you guys would be willing to share, something sensitive perhaps. And if not, that's cool. Um, but, 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 I, but I also want to know – What's it like when you, because I know both you guys, you're both good guys and you both have good intentions. And I, I know that. And you both conduct yourselves as gentlemen. I know that about both you guys. What's it like when you're in that environment and you you rely on that for your livelihood and then somebody in a position of power purposefully just is being a dick to you to the point it could hurt your livelihood? What does that feel like? What do you do in a case like that? Oh, peace. You got, you got audio yet, dude? No audio. No audio. <laughs> Nothing, dude. Nothing. Um, <laughs> re log in and log back out, bro. Like refresh to see if it see if it works. I'll I'll, I'll pick up the question while while he's logging in and out. Uh, it sucks, man. It, it's like it really tests your integrity. <clears throat> it tests uh, who you are, and so uh, you know, no 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 person, let alone a like a man, wants to be told what to do or that they did something wrong. Like we're we're our own person, like. And to have somebody in power just like wag their finger at you, just like, you know, you suck, you're this, you're that, you did this wrong. It's like, dude, I'm, I'm a grown man. Like, you can't talk to me that way. <laughs> you know? I want money to feed my family, but I didn't sign up for this shit. So it, it really, it, it dings the self-confidence. It, 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 um, it, oh, but only if it lets you. And I, I got to I gotta make sure I say that. Um, I really believe that every person is a, is a product of the decisions that we make. And we allow ourselves to feel certain ways. And we're, I believe we're in control of that. And it's taken a lot of life lessons to, to get there. So, you know, looking back, I could have made different decisions. I had the freedom to walk out. I had the freedom to say something and, you know, tell Cena to shove it at the time or sell whoever it was that was, you know, yeah, we got you now, peace. There you go. Um, so, but I didn't because I was scared and I was nervous and, you know, I just didn't know how to react to that. I'd never been treated that way. So I, I think in a way, it just depends how you deal with it. It, it sucks. It, in general, it sucks. But overall, I think if you can handle it, it makes you a better person and you know how to learn. You learn how to stand up for yourself. Well, as your, um, I mean, I'm sure as your lovely wife, Priscilla, your your beautiful wife and my good friend would tell us there, there's a book called The Four Agreements. And one of the four agreements, as you know, Gabe, because I know you're a student of, of this realm as well, yep. says don't take things personally. And yep. And I get that, and it's nice to read that, and it's nice, nice to aspire can to it. Can you guys it. hear me? Yes. Can you guys hear and me? Yes. And it's nice yep. when you can, can you practice me? it, but day-to-day, -day, it may okay. not be so easy. Chris, we have you. How are you, Thank man? God. Are you back? Are you back? <laughs> I thought you guys could hear me that whole time. That was so funny. You're like, oh, we can't hear okay, you. I couldn't hear like, shit, oh, dude. I, was I literally said a few other things. No, we, we got you now, though, dude. You're good. So we, Rick was asking about uh, like when, when you get, you know, somebody just. I can't hear anything Rex is saying. <laughs> all right, Chris, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, if I can you hear can't... you, Rick. All right. I can so hear you, Rick. All right. Here's a question then. We're, um, 
we were Gabe answered this question. Now I'd like yours. So you you go into this environment that you you rely on for your livelihood. You're a good guy with good intentions. You're conducting yourself like a gentleman. And then somebody that can hurt your livelihood, maybe somebody even look up to, is just a complete hurtful dick to you. What what's that like, man? How do you manage that in that environment? Uh, it's difficult. Yeah. Cause like you said, I mean, it comes down to your way of making uh, a living or your way of putting food on the, on the table or even your way of taking care of your family. If you have a family and, uh, you know, uh, I had a lot of different situations kind of like that. You had mentioned John Cena. I mean, I don't like to typically just go out and bury anybody, but you know, there were a lot of moments where John Cena kind of took that approach with me and, uh, you know, it was, uh, difficult uh sometimes you know we just didn't see you know we just didn't click and we never clicked since day one even in upw you know what i mean like i met him on my first run when i was with you and i think we even started training the same day together there's just something about like cena and me that we were always kind of like oil and water you know we just didn't mix and you know if you put us in a room together the conversation would go dry in two minutes so uh that was Gabe, kind of imagine it. that right all right, Chris. Mind blowing. Chris, I got a question for you. Who would win in a in a real fight, John Cena or Rick Bassman? Dude, I'd beat the fuck out of him. Let's just move on. <laughs> That's all right. Let's just move on. That's all right. <laughs> One good nut shot, dude. That's all you need. Well, yeah, right. Oh God. Hey, John. Hope you're doing well, buddy. Um, yeah, I wish you the best. Yeah, man. Wow. All right. So, guys, let, let's. I want to jump around a, a little bit. Um, you guys both had pretty sizable pushes in, in, in WWE. And the you know, all you have to do is go again, search you guys on the internet, and you can see like by and large, people regarded you guys as as real stars of the future. And you know, I'm a guy that obviously has a pretty good, you know, credential history of knowing what it takes to make it in the industry. And to my eye, you knowing not only what you guys look like and, and your work rate or the work rate you developed as, as you progressed and the people you are, to my eye, you guys both had all the makings to be big stars. Um, do you feel like you got to where, two part question, did you get to where you wanted to go? And well, let's, let's answer that one first. Peace. Go ahead, bud. Uh, who, Rick, direct your questions at, uh, one, either me or Gabe, and then because I'm not hearing any of Gabe's audio, so that way we know who to answer. You know what I mean? Got it. Got it. All right, Chris, so you first. Did you get to where you wanted to go in the industry? Uh, oh, no, absolutely not. I mean, uh, I know that when, like in 2005, when I was there, Vince envisioned me as possibly being one of the youngest WWE champions of all time. I was supposed to be an Intercontinental champion, I was supposed to be a tag team champion, but you know, once. And none of that came to fruition. But um, Rick, as you know, and Gabe knows, I mean, you learn in the wrestling business never to count your chickens before they hatch. You can never just, uh, if somebody tells you something, you can't really put full stock in it until it actually happens. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a lot that I expected out of myself, and I didn't necessarily reach all those goals. But when I reflect back on it again, uh, for me, WWE and having a run there and working with some of the guys I worked with was essentially the dream. So I can still look back on all that stuff and still feel fulfilled in the fact that, uh, you know, most people, you know, not everybody is able to go out there and do exactly 
what it is they want to do or make it to the big dance or anything like that. So for me, when I look back at it now, when I reflect on it, you know, you've got to have, be thankful. You have to have, be thankful for things and you have to have gratitude for things. So I choose to just be, rather than be negative about what I didn't do, I'm just, I have gratitude for the things I was able to do. And, uh, you know, the fact that I did make it there and whatnot. Good. Well, I think I think that's largely a testament to who you are as a person and and how and how you look at that. That's good. Thanks for that answer, Chris. Man, I appreciate that. Yeah, Gabe, did you go to where you wanted to go in the business? No, dude, not not even close. And it's very similar to like what Peace is saying, man. I don't I don't blame anybody. I did I did back then because that was kind of the trend backstage, you know. And I was new to all this. And I, again, it, it's really interesting to hear Masters and what he had to say because it seems like. You know, we since we we left, like we've all come a long ways with who we are personally, and I know I've changed a, a ton. And when I when I was in the moment and I was getting that push, and then all of a sudden it just kind of died off. You know, I, I blame creative. I was like, dude, dude, what are you guys doing? Like, you caught anything for me? Like, what's the deal? What am I supposed to do? What does Vince want? And there was just nothing. I was like, I was backburnered. And then I got demoted to NXT after that because I couldn't figure out what to do with me. And I was just, you know, I was bitter about it. I'm like, yo, I had a big push and nothing happened. I did everything right. At least I thought I did. And, you know, what, I, what I've come to learn over the years is it goes back to what I said before is that we're, we're in control. And looking, looking back on that situation, if I really wanted the push, if I really wanted that to keep going, I would have been banging on Vince's door every day. I would, like, I would have been the squeaky wheel. I'm like, hey, Vince, I really want this. Show me. Teach me. Like, what do I got to do? I'll do anything. And, you know, at one point we, we started to do that. Masters and I, we had a stint on Superstars where we were doing matches every week. We we're the only ones that actually had continuing matches. It was just like this ongoing rivalry. And I remember I uh, I banged on Vince's door once and I, I asked him, I said, hey, look, Peace and I, we, we want to do this. We're having really good matches. And this show is like the C show, man. I'm like, if it's not going to get a, you know, this show isn't going to be seen that much. You know, why don't we make it our show? Like, let Chris and I have storylines. You know, we'll come to Raw every week if we need to. We'll, we'll do, you know, we'll come to both shows. I'll do both. Like, you tell me what we need to do. We will be there. He's like, okay, cool. Yeah, let's do it. And then nothing happened. But I look back on it. My fault because I didn't go banging on his door. I'm like, hey, Vince, what would you think of that idea last week? Like, can I do something different? Or just – it's about trying and failing and trying something new. And my thing was I would try and I would fail or I would get told no or it would just fail. You know, it would drop off and I'd be quiet. And so the answer – quick answer is no. I don't think I ever reached my full potential. But – Again, I don't, I don't blame anybody but myself. You know, I'm, I'm different now, and I would have handled it totally differently. But mm-hmm. hindsight's always 20-20. And all, like, always. Like said, you know, I'm grateful for the experience. It really made me who I am. It gave me all my public speaking ability. It, it allowed me to not be nervous in front of large crowds. And it allowed me all these experiences that when you look at them and you're in the moment, they're, they're terrible. It's, it's an awful <laughs> thing to go through. But you grow and you learn from it, and you progress and you become stronger. Wow. I, I love both your perspective on it. And, and you know what? It, it, you guys are both so genuine. That's what's great because any, anybody watching us right now, I think you guys have a lot of fans. I know you have a lot of fans out there. I'm getting all kinds of cool notes while we're, while we're on the line here. Uh, I, think it, I think you probably just made more fans. I, I love how you guys <laughs> – no, seriously, I mean that. I mean, look, you have much bigger forums than the one I'm offering here. I know you guys are do, do a lot of things, but you're, you're talking from the heart, and, and that's apparent. So that said, let's just let's stay on some personal stuff, man, for a while. Um, I know that you know both you guys 
and I, I know you won't mind me saying this, or I don't believe you will. You both have had your share of personal challenges over the past few years. Yeah. Let, let, let talk about that for a minute. And I'm one to talk. I don't know if you saw the last post that I put up when I did the, it was like the last minute promotion for today's show. And I found old photos, one of me and Chris and the Miz. We were in a bar, we were in a bar somewhere in the South Bay. And we all we all look pretty hammered, yours truly, especially. <laughs> and then and then there's a photo I took, Gabe. It's you and I backstage. I, I don't know where it was, but Bret Hart is behind us. A lot. Oh, I didn't even see that. Um, is that on your page? I just put it up a while ago. Yeah. Oh man. And you look at I want to pop up while we're talking. I, I got to see that, man. That, that's yeah. mind-blowing. Okay, w w watch it, man. I have a really, really nice suit on. <laughs> and then in my uh, and in my eyes, you can see like like 800 milligrams of Norco just manifesting <laughs> it's itself just in totally my eyes. totally obliterated. Oh, oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It could, it's pretty, pretty apparent. Those were the days. Those were the days. So how, how's everyone doing these days in that regard? Chris, how, how are you doing, man? How's your health and everything? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I dealt with that same thing that you just spoke about. Um, Health-wise, uh, I'm fine nowadays. I mean, uh, no, like, you know, no demons as far as that goes. Uh, like a lot of people uh, like to, like when you're mentioning that, I think a lot of people might remember um, that I had a wellness policy suspension and I had to go to rehab. A lot of people thought that that was for steroids, but it, was, it wasn't for steroids. It was actually for painkillers. I got hooked on painkillers and I had to get myself clean from that. I've been clean off that for a long time. And uh, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm, you know, just getting older now, like being 37. I know, uh, you know, that's not the 65 that you are now, Rick, but, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you yeah, just trying to stay healthy, man. You know what I mean? I still got some bad habits. I still uh, dip tobacco, which isn't necessarily uh, the greatest thing for your health, but uh, not, not messing with pills or, any kind of uh, PEDs or muscle enhancers or anything like that nowadays. So uh, I am sure my insides are thanking me for that. I'll, I'll bet. And uh, do you um, do you drink at all? Uh, you know, I I did do some drinking. You know, I right now at this point in my life, I, I'm doing the least amount of drinking I ever have. And it's not because I'm trying to make it a point to do it. I just... I don't like the way my body feels on alcohol. After I drink, I really feel next. I feel it the next day. I feel like I poison my body a bit. Like for me personally, I feel a lot better smoking a doobie or a little bit of weed. For me, that is the extent of my vice. You know what I mean? And the only reason I say I like that is because, you know, after uh, after you have some cannabis, you don't necessarily feel it like you feel it like with alcohol. You don't feel like you've poisoned yourself. It gets once you've sobered up, it's out of your system and you're good to go. So the demons have been tamed. Good to hear, man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been just three years for me now off those little uh, those little devils, and uh, it's, it's nice to uh, have them in the uh, rear view, isn't it? For sure, no no doubt about it. Oh yeah, man. I, I just can't believe how much of my life was uh, and money was spent on that habit. You know what I mean? Like that I thing really spiral out. Of, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a terrible thing. And a lot of wrestlers have gone through it. I mean, I've had, we've seen so many wrestlers pass away. And then I got into the business and I started seeing a lot of my friends pass away, being that Umaga, Tess, Lance Cade. And these are all guys that like, you would, you just would not expect to die. You know, like Lance Cade, I always go back to Lance Cade and Lance Cade 
was one of the most shocking for me because he just still felt like, even though he had a kid and a wife and all that, he felt like a kid to me. You know what I mean? Like much like I'm sure people looked at me and, uh, you know, to know that he exited this world at such an early stage is just, uh, it's hard to swallow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. I, I, all I can say is, yeah, I know. I know that feeling too many. Gabe, how are you doing, man? How's how's the heart? Yeah, I mean, I got a, I got a zipper scar to show, dude. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Heart's good, though. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, man. I, Texas, dude, I moved to Texas, and my allergies are just, like, out of control. Uh, so, yeah, the heart thing, dude, for anybody that doesn't know, I had open-heart surgery uh, July 8th last year. I had an aortic aneurysm, which is a genetic defect. So they literally had to crack me open. You think of it like a like a water balloon, so it's like blowing up bigger and bigger and bigger until it's gonna burst. And um, Jack Ritter, Three's Company, he died from that. That was you know pretty famous guy, and that's kind of what made it pretty well known. But um, yeah, dude, they they cracked me open, they cut out a portion of my ascending aorta, and they put uh, a graft material in there. Basically, saved my life. I you know I could have died at any moment. It was that bad. So, uh, but that was last July, and uh, I made probably the fastest recovery they'd ever seen. I was out of the hospital on the fifth day. And I was back in the gym. Uh, I started lifting weights at home a little early before I should have. <laughs> uh, but I was doing my walks and everything. And, uh, you know, by, let's see, July, August, November, October. Yeah, ended of October, like Halloween, I was cleared to go back to the gym full time. And I, I had already kind of started at home. So that, that was giving me a little, little bit of an edge. And then I just I hit it hard, like as fast as I could. But it's been interesting, man. I, I expected there to be some pain, but I didn't expect the uh, the complete and utter exhaustion that comes post heart surgery. So like, you know, your heart, it's got to remodel all the electrical systems been cut and everything. And so I, I would sit up and I was like, <gasps> like, Oh dude, I, I'd stand up. I get super dizzy. My heart would be like, bum, 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 bum. so it was just like baby steps, baby steps, baby steps. And to be honest, man, it's only in the last, I think three months that I'm don't really have any more heart palpitations and uh, everything's pretty much back to normal. So health, health is good, man. But uh, on the opposite note of Chris, like I'm actually drinking more than I ever had in my whole life. <laughs> All right. Better enough, man. What are you chill, what, man? What, well, I think, I think you offended the masterpiece. I, he just laughed. <laughs> He's like, I'm out of here, dude. Rick, yeah. I, didn't, I can't hear, Rick, I can't hear anything he's saying. So you have to, uh, you have bummer, to tell dude. me what he's saying essentially. What a bummer. <laughs> Oh, you didn't you didn't hear what Gabe said about you over that past five minutes? Ah, I can't hear anything Gabe says. I hear what, oh, dude. you know what? I, I I don't want to cause any problems on this uh, interview. So for what Gabe said about you the past five minutes, I would just go listen to that later. I don't want to get into that. <laughs> Instigator, aren't you? Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, exactly. Um, so what's um. Yeah, I don't want to keep you guys too long. I know it's later, much later, both your times, and we're, we're at about an hour. But um, what's, what's like, really exciting? Uh, Gabe, you first. What's really exciting in your life right now? What what's And what's the big goal also, or goals? Yeah, man. Uh, exciting is is always Body Spartan. You know, that's, that's my company. I started in 2013 after my brother died, and it was all about helping people. And so it's, it's grown. It's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, it, you know, you know, a couple times I almost lost a company, uh, just bad decisions, but, you know, going through the whole trying to build a business thing and, and we're back on our feet, man. We're not, you know, we're not making millions, but we have a, a pretty nationally known company and we're well respected in the fitness industry. So that's always big and exciting. Um, 
the, the goal with Body Spartan is to really just build it to where it's a household name. And so we've got our app coming out really soon. We we tried to launch a new website today, but that failed miserably. <laughs> the developers made a couple errors, so we we uh, went back to the original site, and uh, but hopefully that'll be resolved pretty soon. So. And what what is the URL, please? It's BodySpartan.com. So we we do online fitness programs. Basically, once a quarter, I get guys like Brian Cage and a couple of other brand ambassadors. Actually, Cage is let's see which that wall right right there <laughs> cage is on my wall back there boom uh so he's one of my brand ambassadors we, we do programs like in gym stuff where basically we go through and we walk you through a 12-week program and we just full instructional videos custom nutrition the whole nine yards so it, it's awesome man so that's the business side of it and that's the big goal but my my big passion as you know you saw the bikes dude i, I got into racing motorcycles it's not motocross it's not dirt it's it's road racing like it's on big tracks and so uh we've we've got speeds you know in excess of 160 170 miles an hour 100 miles an hour with your head you know a couple inches from the ground and it's it's cool man so we uh we got a bunch of sponsors this year and we're we're out in texas i've never ridden any of these tracks my first day back out practicing when things just opened up will be memorial day so i get to try a brand new track that i've never been on before and uh you know make make a fool of myself out there and get passed by a bunch of fast guys so but that that's my that's my big exciting thing dude like i i've always wanted to do it and i, I realized i was getting old a couple of years ago i'm like yeah better do it now or it's never gonna happen good man well you're you're as they say following your passion and that's um that that's a beautiful thing, and I've always respected what you what you and Priscilla created with Body Spartan. I think there's a lot of value in what you guys do, and uh, very very happy that you're not only hanging in there, but have turned the corner back toward toward you success. You. And again, everybody, www.bodyspartan s p a r t a n for those who are spelling challenge like myself, bodyspartan.com. Uh, good game. I'm glad to hear you. And of course, your lovely family. Thank you. Yeah. You, uh, they're yeah, awesome. please, please tell the ladies I said hello. If I will. You would. I will. Mia's, uh, Mia should be asleep or else I'd have her come in and wave, but I'm sure she's fast asleep by now. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I'm, I miss her. Please give her my best. I will. Know. Totally, buddy. Masterpiece. What's like, what's exciting in life these days? And what, what's the next big goal or goals that you have your sights on? <clears throat> well, uh, first of all, I just want to say I'm a little bummed out that I haven't been able to hear anything Gabriel said because we haven't talked talk in years. And I wanted to hear about his surgery and all that. So I'm going to have to watch this back. I'm sorry, Dave. Let's catch That's up. That's okay, bud. Brother. Like, it's no, Chris, but, uh, Chris, trust, uh, Chris, trust me. If you heard what he said, you would not talk to him for a few more years. So oh, come on. It's cool. You're all right. right. Word. Master lock. Ah. Right. <laughs> um, but in terms of... <laughs> Uh, and also, I just wanted to tell Gabe, I uh, also tell Priscilla, Hello. I said, hi, I haven't seen her in ages either. So it's nice to reunite with yeah, you guys. Um, in terms of me, so uh, Rick, kind of, as you know, I was living in Canada. I met a fine woman up there and I lived up there for three years. I just got back to Los Angeles about uh, about eight months ago. And uh, for me, it's just about like there's a lot of things I didn't do because I was so in the pursuit of the pro wrestling dream. For instance, just to start is I didn't finish school. I didn't even finish high school. And, uh, you know, that might be surprising to some people, but uh, I think you might have known. But um, so I started working on uh, going uh, to adult school and getting my GED. Unfortunately, cl classes have been closed because of the pandemic. So it kind of slowed that down a bit. But uh, outside of that, man, uh, kind of as you know, too, Rick, I mean, I've been uh, seeking out representation out here to do uh, commercial work, acting work, just any kind of work like that, uh, you know, whatever. 
whatever it might be. And also, uh, you know, I'm still obviously doing professional wrestling, but even though there isn't any professional wrestling at the moment, but uh, <laughs> like last month alone, I was supposed to still, I was supposed to be going to Australia. I was supposed to go to Singapore. I was supposed to go to uh, Florida. And, you know, there was a lot of stuff uh, scheduled. So, you know, I'm dabbling in a few different things, but I think the kind of ultimate thing I'm looking to do kind of long-term is I would really like to get into broadcasting, which is why I started uh, going through school again. I'd like to get into either political broadcasting or sports broadcasting, specifically, you know, basketball or, uh, you know, I could do baseball, I guess, either or anything kind of along that lines. I guess I could do wrestling as well, too, if I, uh, you know, I don't think about that very often, doing wrestling broadcasting, but that's something that would interest me. But, uh, yeah, those are kind of the things I'm looking at now. Awesome. Good. You know, it's good, it's good to see you. I mean, you both look good. Both look really healthy. Thank and you. that's, you know, you know, usually I bury you guys. So that was pretty. I know. Good. I'm like, where? It's, it's got to be right around. What's coming, right? <laughs> so that was, a big, that was a big sincere call. Oh, you guys seem like you're doing really well. And it's, it's, it's always nice when you catch up with old friends, especially yeah. from our industry. Yeah. Because as we know, it can kind of spit people out in all the wrong way. And uh, it, it seems like you guys are doing really good. And I know you are. And it's, not, it's nice to see that. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to finish up just yet. Going to change directions just maybe one or two more times quickly. Uh, as I mentioned, my, my producers on the line is John Pozorowski from the Two Man Power Trip. And John's not only my producer, he's the host of Two Man Power uh, Command uh, Power Trip, which is one of the top podcasts in the pro wrestling world. So he also told me, John's interviewed like everybody. And then when we booked this show, he's like, wow, that's so bizarre. I've never had either guy on before. <laughs> so, and, and John knows about 10 times more about pro wrestling than I have ever known and ever will know. So uh, is that even possible? It is. I'm telling you, <laughs> you'd, you'd be blown away. He constantly astounds me. So while, while I've got both you guys on and John is here, John, do you have any questions for, for Chris and for Gabe? What did I miss? Well, I was just kind of curious about, you kind of skipped over some of the Cena stuff and, you know, the Bernie oh, hammer great, and, and, great. and the master lock challenge and all that other stuff. Well, why are you skipping over John Cena all of a sudden, Rick? No, I asked if you had questions for them. Not I couldn't hear you. You have to tell me if you asked something. Um, the masters wow. couldn't hear anything. So, <laughs> all right. So, um, yeah, Chris, uh, John was asking why we skipped over the John Cena stuff. At which point, at, uh, Gabe and I said, "Oh man, um, I, I, look, you know, I, I didn't even realize till today that Chris also. I, I don't want to say issues. Maybe that's too strong a word." But that, you know, Chris had some feelings about Mr. Cena as well. And I, I, I don't know, John, I can only speak for myself, but I just get kind of tired of it, man. There's, um, you know, th there's so much positive stuff out there. And, and I like that this has been like a fun, uplifting, positive uh, conversation today. Or at least I think it has. Yeah. So I don't know. Just just not feeling like going the uh, Cena direction. That's the best answer I can give you, man. It kind of stirs up like a lot of negativity with everybody. It, it shifts the whole atmosphere from, uh, you know, again, probably what I was saying earlier, like we, we all learned from it and grew from it. And 
we can choose who we want to be around now and who we associate with because we're free to do that. But uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. It, it always stirs up negative stuff. And we all kind of like, everybody's got a little bitterness deep down inside that we we thought we're over, but as soon as we bring it up, we're like, oh, uh, that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, you know, because no, the, the truth is, I mean, d- despite goofing around earlier going, oh yeah, I beat the fuck out of him, which I probably would, by the way. But um, <laughs> so sure, you know, I love it. <laughs> but you know, all, all, all that stuff aside, it's like, you know, and this is the truth. He does good work for a lot of people. He's a hard worker. And and I try to live my life focusing on the positive and everybody right now. And it's, Gabe, it's interesting what you said. We, we do our practice. We think we've evolved. Hopefully we have evolved to a certain degree. But if we're not all the way there yet and it still brings up those feelings, yeah. what, what, why feed into it? That's all. So, yeah. John Cena, I wish you the best, man. Yeah. All right. There you go. Sure. I mean, he did ruin Bumblebee, but I mean, anyway, that's just. Gabe said, you know, but he did ruin Bumblebee. That's awesome. Um, John, anything else while well, well, we have the gentleman here? Well, what about the mid-card mafia, uh, Gabe? Was that yeah. something that you legit just – you guys just made up on your own? No yeah. WB backing whatsoever, and that's why they didn't like it and didn't care for it and wasn't going to get over? Yeah, so that that was interesting. Like, you know, Hawkins and I were trying everything we could to, to try to get over, and uh, we just had this random idea to do like a South Park-style cartoon, and, you know, nobody had any animating experience. And, and Rick, Rick kind of alluded earlier, I'm kind of like a closet geek, uh, you know, I, I was into like websites and programming stuff. I'm like, yeah, I can figure out some cheap animation program. And it was really cheap and it was really bad. It was like South Park when it first came out. And we had uh, we had Tyson Kidd and Drew McIntyre in on it with us. And we had some beef with some guys and uh, we just decided to kind of air it out in cartoon format. <laughs> Nobody ever done anything like this. You got to remember that, you know, this was the time when YouTube was just kind of catching on. Like Ryder was out there doing YouTube. And we were all worried, like he was worried he was going to get fired any week for doing it. And, you know, everybody's like, oh, YouTube, it's bad. Internet's bad. There's, you know, there's marks on the Internet. You shouldn't do that. And so we kind of had we met with the same opposition and we had so much heat after like the first episode. Dude, we remember we walked backstage and because we we bagged on Titus O'Neill and, and, you know, it was funny. I um, we we did him as like job of the hut. And when I was you know, animating it, we were like, well, it's Titus, so we got to make him kind of dark so, you know, people recognize it. And so it kind of ended up looking like a, just a big piece of shit is really what it ended up looking like. But that was kind of the rib, you know, we kind of thought he was a piece of shit. And I don't I don't want to talk bad about people, but this is like our feelings at the time. So we thought it was funny. Like, oh, this is a great metaphor. It looks like a piece of shit because he is a piece of shit. And so, wait, wait, who, Gabe, who was who that? I'm sorry. This is Titus O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Titus. Okay, I don't, I don't know Titus. Okay, uh, all right. No, he just, um, he was a, a former Gator, and like he, he came in, and he's still there. Um, but we just didn't like the way he did business, and you know, kind of uh, just uh, anyway. So I'm a different person now. And I just I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw that in there. I'm a different person now. But we did that. And I remember like suddenly the race card got dropped because we we were in catering oh. like that raw Monday. And I just remember Mark Henry walking in and like he couldn't even formulate a sentence. He was so bad. He was like, this is this is a fuck. And we're like, what? Like TJ was just Tyson Gabe was like, what did he what did he just say? And then we went on to make another. We're like, you know what? Screw it. Like I went and apologized to Titus. I went backstage. I was like, yo, dude, like I didn't even think about the outcome of this. We were just trying to be funny and. 
like I'm not racist, dude. Like I obviously you know me, I'm not. I just you know we got beef with you, we just aired it out, and he's like, it's cool, man. And then like speaking, I hate to bring Cena into it, but he came by like moments later, and he's like, hey, come here. He like pulls me in the back. Oh, like, he's like, you do something, you don't ever apologize for it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it was just we we're getting on like twenty different. Um, opinions from all these top guys like Michael Hayes is looking at me like I'm gonna get fired like he's just kind of give me that the eye roll and you know and uh and I remember Johnny Johnny Ace pulls us into the office and he's just going you know what the fuck are you guys thinking I'm thinking I, I told him straight out and this is part of that it was that time when I just was like I don't give a fuck anymore like I'm probably gonna get fired so I might as well go out with a bang and I'm gonna try everything that I could do and uh like this was back when you you started getting views on YouTube, and if you hit five thousand and within a certain time it froze, like it it just froze. So like our counter froze, and we ended up with like I think over a hundred thousand views in like a day on on that that video. And I told Johnny, oh. he was like, "What the fuck are you guys thinking?" I'm like, "Do you want to know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking this has never been done before." And I'm thinking we went from being nobody to. I got people in the audience bringing signs to say Midcard Mafia with our little characters on it. I'm thinking little plush dolls and keychains, Johnny. And he's like, I don't see that. I'm like, well, I do. <laughs> <laughs> he just straight up was like, I, I don't see that. I'm like, okay. he's like, well, just, just tone it down. I'm like, okay. And so we went and made like two more episodes. And on the last episode, we bagged on Hunter a little bit. <laughs> so we did like, uh, we were just like letting it ride. It was, it was like both of our ideas. We did like a theater thing where we went to the theater and it was showing like, the chaperone and we called it the craperone and uh the, the theater didn't play it because it went straight to dvd and so we kind of bagged on him <laughs> so like the next the next raw he, he pulls us in he's like hey let me talk to you guys i'm like shit here it comes and he goes he goes i don't um i don't i don't care you can bag on me all you want man i like you guys are having fun it's cool he's like but I think Mark Henry wants to eat you for lunch right now <laughs> so that was kind of the Iggy and he's like I just don't make any more cartoons, you know. We're like, uh, okay, so. And this was this was Hunter. Yeah, and I, to be honest, but I don't remember if it was Hunter that said don't make any more cartoons. He just, I think he had said, I think it might have been Johnny, but he was basically like, be cool about it, guys. Like you're pissing off the wrong people. You know, you can bag on me all you want, but you're kind of pissing off the wrong people. And if if I remember right, I think Johnny pulled us into the office right after that, and he was like, no more cartoons. That that I, I think that's how it went. He's like, no more cartoons. Like, we got Kbosh. We were specifically told stop. Uh, which sucked because it, it just it was catching on so fast and we were getting over super fast and he was just like why would you want to be mid card mafia why not main card mafia I'm like because we're not we're not the main event guy like we're the mid card and we're we're fighting for the little dudes so anyway and then the, that irony, the irony in it all is that <laughs> after I leave what do they do they go and make a Saturday morning cartoon that's super raw explicit language just like we had and uh, who's course. a star Sita. I'm like, you guys, give me these. I'm like, thanks for stealing another one of my ideas, guys. <laughs> so. Oh, dude, Gabe, it's it's crazy how that shit happens, isn't it? Chris, did you did you hear any of that, Chris? Or you can't hear Gabe? Nothing. Gabe, nothing. Gabe was Gabe was telling us about the time that you uh, no. What Gabe was telling us, <laughs> Gabe told us the story of the mid card mafia, which is very interesting. I I had never heard about that before. Yeah. Um, you know about the mid card mafia, Chris? The the cartoon that Gabe and his cohorts had made. Ran into some uh, trouble it, with the. Uh, it, it, it's been. I remember hearing about it. I remember it, but uh, uh, the details are very, uh, very shaky right now to me. Yeah, he, he got lucky. Episode four was going to be all about him. And he got some. Uh, he got some heat from. Got from heat from Johnny Ace of all things. Could you imagine that? Did you ever get any heat from Johnny Ace, Chris? 
Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, I mean, the first, my first OVW television, I decided not to go because my name wasn't on the sheet. So, uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I remember John Laurinaitis calling me at the Suburban Lodge, tell, uh, basically screaming at me, him and Danny Davis, like cursing and screaming, what the hell? Why aren't you here? You're supposed to be here. And it was probably one of the scarier moments of my career, especially being so early in the business. I thought I was going to get myself fired my first week uh, at work. I'm sure you even heard about that, I'm sure. Can you um, can you give us an imitation of Johnny Ace yelling at Chris Masters as Johnny Ace? <laughs> oh, me? No, I can't do a Johnny. You can't do Johnny? Ah. I don't know. Okay, I can't can do you... Johnny at all. Master Ace, what the fuck are you thinking? Where have you been? You think you're a fucking, you think you're a man of honor? You can just, you can stay home? You don't have to come to the show? Is that what you think? What are you a producer now? Yeah, you need a, that was pretty good. You just swallow a little more, little more gravel next yeah. time. But, All right, <laughs> but you're there. You're you're halfway there for sure. Ah, um, Chris, Chris. All right, Lee, favorite people that you ever met through your uh, time at WWE. Who's your just real quickly top three, four, or five? Who are they? Uh well, uh. I'd say Carlito, because he's just one of my best buddies. I still talk to him to this day. And uh, a lot of wrestling shows with him. Uh, Shawn Michaels, just because he was like my idol growing up. And then he turned into like a mentor when I was up at WWE. And he was just, uh, you know, it was just a great experience working with him. And for a third... uh, that's tough. I mean, Mike Kyoto is somebody that kind of stands out to me because Mike Kyoto was always the life of the party. He was always, he always brought energy. He was always positive. He was always doing something. And uh, he was just very infectious. I always looked at Mike Kyoto and I was like, you know, when I get to be his age, not no, no insult, but <laughs> when I get to be his age, I want to be like Mike Kyoto because he was just always such a positive and uplifting guy and just, uh, Always a pleasure to be around. So uh, those three kind of stand out, and that, but that's just off the top of my head because I mean, there were a lot of great people like Gabe and Drew McIntyre, and a lot of guys that uh, I really liked a lot. Matt Seidel. I mean, it's a, too long of a list to narrow down. You know what I mean? The three, or, but um, there's a lot of great people, and then a lot of not so great people too, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't even gonna ask that one. I thought about it, but I like the uh, I like the positive role we're on here. I have um. You know, in my book, I have a section called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly of Pro Wrestling. And I have lists. I have the good list, and I have the bad list. And I remember a couple of years ago, Paige, Dallas Page was reading my book. And he goes, dude, get rid of the bad list. You don't, you don't need that out there. <laughs> he's like, he's like not, he goes, not even the politics. He goes, you might sell a couple extra books. You know, he goes, but, do, you know, is that how you want to live your life? I'm like, good point, Paige. And it, it sounds yeah. like today's conversation, we're, we're kind of all there. So, Gabe, who do you hate? No, really. Oh, yeah. um, who, <laughs> Gabe, I know you formed a lot of, uh, a lot of like, long time, a lot of probably lifelong friendships from the yeah. industry. Who, yeah. who are some of your favorite people? Uh, you know, what's interesting is that, you know, most people when they get asked that question, you know, you're instantly going to think of, like, top guys. And uh, I really wasn't a fan of the t- – I think part of it is because I wasn't raised being a wrestling fan. You know, I was brought in, like we talked about earlier, just because I was marketable and it was an opportunity. And so I had to learn. So, you know, I, I watched wrestling when I was a kid, of course, but I had to learn and I had to learn who the new guys were, who the people were. And like it, 
I'm like, okay, well, there's, you know, there's Mark Henry. Who's he? Okay, cool. I got to figure out who this guy is. And I'm like, it just wasn't, wasn't a big deal, you know, to meet those top guys. So I, I can't really say like, I was so excited to meet this and I forged this kind of friendship with the top guys. Cause I didn't like my, my lifelong friends are, are guys like masters that uh, Hawkins for sure, man. Like I, I would not have had the experience I had at WWE without Hawkins. Ryder was super cool guys that I was in FCW with like Fandango, which is uh, Johnny Curtis, uh, Greg Marshulo, who was Trent Beretta, Croft, you know, those the, TJ Wilson, like those are like my, my lifelong friends, man. Like we still text on birthdays, Heath Slater, you know, and I'm going to forget people in there. I don't want them to be offended, but like, you know, that's, those are the guys that, that I was in training with. Like we, we all struggled together. We clawed to get to the top together. We never screwed each other. Eric Escobar, like still, dude, we still text Brian cage. Like, dude, now Brian and I work together. Like he's, you know, I, I try to help him as much as possible. And he tries to help me as much as possible. And we got a great business relationship, but dude, anytime we're close by, he'd come spend the night at my place. Like if he's on a, a loop, I'm like, dude, you know, come, come hang out. Let's do it. Let's do something. So, you know, there's just a lot of people like that, that, um, that that I came up with that we still just kind of you know generally keep in touch and they were just they're like family man it, it's hard to one of the things too like when I left it was really hard because I was leaving my second family and so you'll just you'll never you'll never really get over that I don't want to sound like a, a baby but <laughs> you know, I, no no like, I'm I'm my boys, like the Usos dude just like all those guys we came up with dude and it's just <clears throat> and it's cool to see them you know doing well too Kind of yeah, and, that, and, and it's nice to have those relationships. And, and I know what you mean. Like when, when you go away, yeah, it, it's a little sad. We yeah. started um we started a UPW reunion group recently on Zoom. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, I think I sent both you guys invitations. And we had our first uh, video call not long ago. And I, it was you – know, um, I think I lost know, it in the mail. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll send it to you again. Yeah, Tom, exactly. Howard, Tom Howard was on it and Luke oh, Rain. No way. Um, uh, Novo was on it and it was just, uh, it's just cool. You know, and, you know, I, I found even, even though I had the bad people on my list um, and I found that by and large in, in this industry, and I would say, I dare say mixed martial arts is similar as well because they're such bizarre, intense businesses where, you know, you, literally, quite literally your life was on the line and in, in the hands of your friends at times. And, and you live in a world that's pretty much insulated and isolated um, you, you form these really intense relationships. And, you know, my experience for the most part, especially the people that made it in the business, you've got to be a pretty darn evolved human being to get to any kind of level and, and survive as a mixed martial artist or pro wrestler. And, you know, in, in the, you know, you could go in the, the smaller shows and maybe find a lot of people with, with attitude or, or, you know, backstabbing behavior. And I know it exists on the, on the larger level too. But by and large, man, it, it's a business people by really good persons, I think. So it, it offers an opportunity to, to form some real relationships. That's that's my theory. Oh, if I, if I don't mention Rick Lawn, too, I, he'll he'll call me and be like, why don't you ref, Why don't you mention the game? <laughs> so, yeah, Rick Lawn, still lifelong friend. Still Rick Lawn Stevens, yeah, Ezekiel. Hits, dude. <laughs> Ezekiel Jackson. Yeah, he, he's a good dude. He's, yeah. Yeah, you, you, and, uh, you and Big Rick and, uh, and George Murdoch. Yeah. Uh, we're the last three guys ever out of UPW to move on up before we folded. That's so cool. So I'll, I'll always think of you guys together in that regard. It's really cool to have been a part of that too, man. Like it's it's legendary. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked that WWE hasn't done a thing on UPW yet. Like, but I'm not shocked. <laughs> it it you never know, man. It's not not over till it's over, right? right. We got John. Do you have any anything else for Gabe and Chris while we're here? 
No, I think pretty good. Covered it pretty well, I think. Cool. And guys, uh, d despite all the technological challenges, I uh, so appreciate you both taking the time and, and sticking it out. Absolutely. Thank you. And uh, very glad, despite all the ribbing and the fact that I'm always giving you both a hard time. I love you both, and I appreciate you. Yes, and uh, thank you guys for being on today. Thanks for having us, man. See yeah, you both thanks, soon. Rick. I'm sorry that, sorry that I couldn't hear uh, Gabe. Sorry about ah. that. <laughs> No, that, we'll have to that, do it again. Yeah, man. Definitely, I would love to. You know, like your text, like a normal human being. But I know you can't hear me, and you have no idea what I'm saying. But just here's a big fuck you. I'll, I'll pass a message on for you. <laughs> guys, take care. All right, guys. Later. Thank you. Bye bye. John, you there? Yes, sir. All right. Well, that was our second edition of Three Way Dance. We had some technical issues, man. That's unfortunate, but. Uh, those things will happen, right? I think we got through it. Uh, impressions? You didn't know Chris or Gabe before this, did you? No, shockingly, in all the interviews I've done, never interviewed those two guys, which is pretty surprising um, to me. But uh, it's great to finally get on here three-way dance. Any uh, any impressions? Any any takeaways from today's conversation? Yeah, much more positive than I thought they were going to be. I thought they might be burying some people and, and maybe not bitter, but you know, maybe be uh, a little bit negative. But no, very, very positive. Uh, very good guys. Um, didn't really want to talk about the negative. I was a little bit surprised by that. Sometimes, you know, whether you get screwed or you know, you know whatever released or whatever happened, you figure maybe the person liked to harp on it, but they're kind of rather harp on the positive, and that's a great thing to see. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and, and probably if I had tried or if I wanted to, I probably could have pushed them for that kind of stuff. But you know what? Uh, a, a big part of why I still love pro wrestling and I'm so glad to have is because I have friends from, from all the years invested because these friends are good people. And, and Chris and Gabe are, are two of them for sure. I mean, yeah, we could we could push each other to tell bad stories or negative stuff, but they're, they're very genuine guys. And uh I think that came across as what, as what I believe I'm hearing you say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Definitely. They came off uh, very good, very positive, very uh, well-adjusted, obviously doing their own thing now. Kind of separate from the wrestling business, but they're obviously still both in great shape too, which is uh, you know a testament to them as well, staying physically and mentally in shape. Yeah, they um they've gone they've both gone in a good direction. Their their lives are progressing. Um, they're they're both achieving success by some very serious measures, and it's a it's a damn sight better than the opposite. Cause we we've all seen that too. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Yep, so I'm, I'm happy for them. And and John, thank you for uh, for hosting slash producing again. Much appreciated. We are currently working on our guests for next week. And it looks like it's going to be a combination of two of three people, uh, two of who we spoke about today's uh, conversation, Tom Howard and Nova, with the third wild card being Sting. So we will maybe it'll be all three of them. Maybe maybe it'll be a four way dance now that we know StreamYard theoretically can handle that. But we'll find out. Uh, so, John, signing off for Rick Bassman, Talking Tough. John Pozerowski, the two-man power trip. Also for our sponsor, Botanics. Uh, Rick Bassman for Talking Tough. See you all soon. Bye-bye. Let me tell you something you already know. 
The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.